Hey, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message that was recorded live at Redemption Church in Crossville, Tennessee. We're excited about all the amazing things God is doing here on the plateau. So for more information, visit our website, CrossvilleRedemptionChurch.com. It's a good day to be in the kingdom. Amen. You guys might actually believe it. As it is a good day to be in the kingdom. When the enemy is raging, that tells you that God is getting ready to do something. Actually, it tells you that God is already doing something. And the enemy sees it. He sees it. Right in its infant stage, he sees it. Um, man, we had such a good time with the kids. It was just a crazy good weekend. And I appreciate your prayers. Um, I appreciate your support. Um, are we having a problem? I mean, you're just kind of standing up here. You can't send a man into a boxing match with one hand tied behind his back. That's not fair. Let's just see if this can be bearable. It's popping pretty bad. Um, That's weird. Uh, Where was I? Kids retreat. I want to thank you that you guys responded so awesomely. You give a kingdom response to the need that we had. And we were able to we were able to surpass the need that we had. I want to thank you that we got more money in than we needed, but we really needed more than what we told you because, I mean, that's how we do it. But the youth are getting ready to go on a retreat in a couple of weeks, and we hadn't even thought about funding that. Listen, we just put the hottest fires out first, okay? So, but that's clear. It's taken care of for the most part. I think that's good. So the Lord knew. God knew. Amen. And, and it's just because of your obedience. It's just because of your obedience. And it's a great lesson to us as a church to take away and, and look at that and say, you know what, you don't have to, I don't, we don't want you to give under compulsion. We just want you to be obedient. And when you're obedient, God already knows the needs and he takes care of them when we're obedient. So that's really cool. But uh, our kids, we had an awesome time. They're probably tired. Um, if they're not, we are. Uh, but it was just a crazy good weekend. Um, the Lord blessed us. We had beautiful weather. Uh, go ahead and open up your Bible to Second uh, Corinthians. And I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to tell you guys that our goal, we're hoping to, by next Sunday, we're hoping to have a, a toddler class during the service. And if <laughs> Sandra's rejoicing and Kyan is rejoicing. Uh, so, um, but, but let me say this. We, we desperately need help with that. Um, and the people that I've talked to, when I mention that, they look at me like I'm trying to give them the plague. Yeah. Um, so just pray about that. It may be something that we will supplement financially. We'll try to pay the people who are, who are taking care of that. Um, but let's see what we can do. Uh, if you are a parent who has a child that would be in there, then we might try to get some type of a rotation or something. 
we're 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 trying to figure all that out. So if you guys will, if you'll help us with that, that's our need. That's 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 our house, right? Second Corinthians chapter five. We've been talking. Uh, we've been talking about the I am's of Jesus, and we recently went through the Jesus said I am the life. And, and just to catch you guys up and rehearse, we kind of missed a week last week. But as I was praying about where we were going to go from there, I heard the Lord say, Jerry, you can't have my life without my lordship. And I, and I want you to just think about that because, uh, and, and I don't mean this to be condemning because it just is what it is and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty securely sitting in this boat rowing. Um, but for the most part, we really take a humanistic approach to the, to the kingdom of God. And it's very hard not to. But one of the things that the Lord showed me in this is, is that we always want the very most that we can get for the least that we can give. Right? And some of us are even better at that than others. Are you following me? And if we're not careful, we bring that into, we bring that humanistic idea into the kingdom. And all of a sudden, we're, we approach God, we approach the kingdom, we approach his life. Because if I ask you, how many of you guys want Jesus' life today? He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Go ahead and raise your hand. We all want that, don't we? Right? And he said he came to give us that. We know that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Correct? But somehow that flow in our life gets damned up. And part of the problem is, is that we all want the full life of Jesus, but we want the very least investment that we can put into it. Let's be honest. We want the least investment. I want the greatest return on the smallest investment. I mean, the stock market has done that to us. Are you guys awake? We cannot look at God in that way. And so we're, we're looking at 2 Corinthians, and I want to show you how... Um, I, this is some really cool stuff here today, and I, I don't want to go too fast, but we're going to move through this. Um, and let's start in verse 14. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 14. It says, for we are of a sound mind. If, if, he says, for we are of sound mind, it's for you. I'm totally messed up here. That's the wrong line. <laughs> you guys love me, don't you? Hey, I've been with kids all weekend. Let me tell you, my mind is messed up right now, okay? It's not. Thank you, Cassandra. For the love of Christ controls us. And that's the mantra of the New Testament. I, I, we'll, come, we'll, we'll bring this idea in here. He says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. What did he say? One died for all, therefore what? All died. So we enter into this death through the one that died. Who is that? Jesus. Okay. It says, one died for all, therefore all died. And look at verse 15, and it says, And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, 
but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Now, that is a, that's, a, that's a really cool statement if you read it fast. But it tells us that in order to enter into this work of the cross, it says one died so that everyone could die, right? But why did he die? I mean, he died to save us. But what's saving us? What, what is saving us? Saving us is jumping into our life right here, right now, today, and bringing us into the life of the, of the kingdom. Right? It's not all about where we're going to go when we die. It's about, am I going to live in hell today, or am I going to live in heaven today? I hope that's okay. we got new kids in here. But I'm serious. Those are our choices, and you're going to see that. We've totally missed the point of what the cross did. We've, missed the, we've, we've misinterpreted just exactly what grace does and why we make the decisions because now we have a church that's floundering. It's having problems because we, have, we, we live under grace and, and we live securely under grace, but how do you have moral structure inside of grace? How do you, how do you teach that? Because we're not... We're not immoral. We're not amoral. We're, we, God calls us to live inside of a godly structure. Right? And how does that look in grace? Where he says you're not under the law. That you are, you're, securely, you're securely in Him and in, in, in He loves you. And that love for you isn't affected by your performance. We're going to find out today. But he says, he says that Jesus died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. And so I want to tell you that as believers, when we come to the cross, we can no longer live for ourselves. If we're living for ourselves, then we are robbing ourselves of the life that we find in him. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Is everybody tracking with me? We all like, listen, we all really like the next few verses of that where it says old things are passed away, right? I mean, every one of us like to quote that. I've heard that scripture quoted so many times, and rightly so. But it says old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. But then things become new as we stop living for ourselves and start living for Him. That even as a believer, if we are living for ourselves, we're still we still smell the stench of the old man. Right? And he's calling us as we as we long for his life, he calls us to come to him as Lord. So if we don't live for ourselves, then who do we live for? We live for him. That means he becomes the Lord of our life. And I, I want to tell you that that why is that? Why, is that, why does that have such a heavy negative connotation? Tell me why. Because we have a humanistic idea about who God is. Because we don't understand that He's good, that He loves us. We don't understand, just like our kids don't sometimes, that you can see down the road to decisions that they're making. You see the cliff at the end of the road, 
and all they see is the beautiful trees and the glorious paradise of the moment. So let's just head down this road wide open, right? I'm telling you the truth. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. Shall we who... Now look at what he says. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Now let's stop right here because we can't go any farther until we identify sin. And I'm not even going to have you make a list because it probably won't be right. And I'm serious. All of the most obvious things that you would quickly write down on your list, they should be at the bottom. What is sin? In order for us to understand sin, we have to look back. And I'm going to tell you, Isaiah, I keep wanting to say Isaiah 58. I have it written down in my notes. It goes through my mind. It's not Isaiah 58, it's Isaiah 53. Teresa, where's she at? She heard me saying that today. I was walking out of the office. I said, 53, 53, 53. <laughs> 58 keeps popping up in my head. If I say 58, just roll with me. It's 53. Isaiah 53, 6 says this. Each of us like sheep have gone astray. Now, Isaiah 53 is the wonderful passage that tells us about the exchange of the cross. But in verse 6, it says, all of us like sheep have gone astray. What have we done? Each of us has what? Gone our own way. He didn't say that you've committed murder. He didn't say you've stolen. He didn't say you've committed adultery. He didn't say uh, all of the horrendous things that in our society that we've put a really negative stigma on. He said the real problem with mankind is, is that we all go and do our own thing. So guess what? Everybody here gets to enjoy this message this morning. It's all for you. I don't care if you've been a believer for 30 seconds or 30 years or 60 years. Today is a new day. And today you come to present yourself to His Lordship. And whether or not you present yourself to His Lordship will determine as if you walk in His life and in His kingdom. Because this is the deal. Any self-respecting man will not let you come into his house and live outside of his rules. Listen, every man in here has a, every family in here, we all have our own house, but in your house is your rules. And if I come stay with Brian and Michelle, listen, I'm going to submit myself to their rules. And I'm disrespecting them if I don't. Right? So when we talk about walking in the Lord's way, it demands that we come to His Lordship. But this morning, I want to show you that, that, that His Lordship is a place of life. It's a place of beauty. It's a place of freedom. It's what every one of us in here long for, but because we've looked at it through a humanistic approach, because we've let the enemy come in and tell us what His Lordship looks like, we're confused about it, we're afraid of it, and we feel like it's going to take something away from us. The only thing it's going to take away from you is the chains, the bondage, the depression, the sickness, and the disease that this world has to offer. 
What did Adam, I'm, I, 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 we really have to develop this point because in the church, listen, the church thinks that God's going to judge America because of homosexuality and, and all of that stuff. And you guys know where I feel about that. That's hogwash. If you don't know, now you do. Because this is the deal. Number one, if God judges anybody in America, it's going to be the church. I'm just saying, I, you, I'm just saying he has to start with his kids in that respect. And, and our whole concept of judgment is all messed up. I told you guys last week what I thought about that. Are you following me? Okay. So, what did Adam do wrong in the garden? Him and Eve walk up to this tree, and this tree looks really good. Right? This tree looks really good. And God says, hey Adam, you can't eat that tree. And the enemy comes in and starts making the tree look really good. What did Adam do? Now think really hard about this. What did Adam do? At the very core of this, what did Adam do? What he wanted to. What he judged as going to be good for him. And what happened? He became enslaved. Listen, what happened is, is that he became enslaved. He was robbed. Now think about this. You've got to see the dynamics of this. He was robbed from walking in the life of God, the kingdom of God, the beauty and perfection of God. He was robbed from that, and he was brought over here to this place of bondage, to this place of, of, of curse, of being cursed. God said, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to live. So what's the, great, what's the great sin for us today, for every one of us? Because we can walk out of here and feel really good about ourselves, and every one of us be going our own way. And we can look out here at this old dark world and think how good we're doing. But in here, in the world, in, in, in eating that apple and doing what you want, it's a place of death. Jesus, when God said, Adam, you'll surely die, he didn't mean physically. Okay? So we're talking about sin here. He says, what, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? Am I to continue doing what I want to do when I want to do it? Whatever feels good to me, whatever seems like the best choice for me, in my mind, he says, may it never be. He says, how shall we who died to sin live in it? How did we die to sin? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. One died, why? So that all might die. Why? He died so that all might die, so that those who live no longer live for themselves. Sin, the great sin, that we live for ourselves, but what? We live for Him. And that, that puts us in the place of life. And that's in His Lordship. It says, or don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? And this would be a really good time to teach on baptism, but we're not going to. Um, but baptism isn't some ritualistic thing that we do. It is, a, it is a release of the kingdom of God in our life to, for the old man to be dead and to step into the new life. It's a work. It's a work of God. Okay, so um, 
Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We're to be walking in newness of life. He's taken us out of the curse. We're not cursed anymore. And when I talk about God bringing judgment to his people, if you hear me say that, simply what that means is, is that he's waking us up and saying, hey guys, wake up, come over here and live in my life. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. We all have problems. We all get sick. We all, have, we all get bonuses from time to time. I mean, you know. That's right, bonuses coming. That's yours. That's your word. I preach it, yeah. Man, you guys come alive. But, but I want you to understand. I, I, listen, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying and what I believe because, listen, Jesus, the Scripture tells us that God came into the world to save it, not to condemn it. He came into the world to save it. The cross was about life. It wasn't about death. And, and we're going to see that. We're going to see that really clear. Uh, I'm going to keep reading really quick. It says, if we have become, so in verse 5 he says, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. And I want to tell you that we're going to develop this idea, and whether or not I get to it today, I don't know. It's probably not going to happen. But I want you to start developing this idea that he died, he took the punishment for you. So when we get to Luke here, either later today or next week, when we get to Luke and where Jesus said, if anyone, if anyone would come after me, then he has to take up his cross and follow me. There's a really cool thought here that, what we have made that versus what it is in reality. And I want to tell you that if you ever find your cross, some of you are still looking for it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just wanted you to laugh. You're looking really heavy at me. When we come to our cross, when we come to our cross, what we find is, is that all of the guilt and the shame and the punishment and all of that, it's already gone. It's been paid for. Our cross is His Lordship. I want you to understand that. And you find that in His place, our cross is His cross. His cross was a place of blessing, a place of life. He was the innocent man. There was an exchange there. A beautiful exchange. And I just want to start drilling into your head today that your cross is a beautiful thing. It is a place of life. It is a place of liberty. Your cross is His Lordship. And He said, if any of you would come after me, then take up your cross. He's already been to our cross. He's already visited it. It's already got blood stains on it. You don't have to worry about all the gore. We're afraid of it. We're afraid of that. It, we see the cross as a place of suffering, and it is. Don't get me wrong. You need to understand every ounce of pain and suffering that Jesus did on the cross for you. But you need to know that He said it's finished. It's done. There's nothing left for you to fulfill of that. 
that cross, when he said, take up your cross, it is a place of glorious exchange where all of that old man is dead and gone and we step into the life of his lordship. Because now if we died with Christ, we believe that we'll also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That's you. Listen, I want you to see this. There is a work inside of this that if you will reach in with faith, God is going to set you free from struggling with sin. We try to figure out what sin we can get away with and still make it into the kingdom. But the reality is, is that we are free from sin. If you care to walk in the work of the cross, there's as much freedom from sin as there is from sickness and disease. You don't have to live your life struggling with sin. You don't have to live your life struggling with temptation. You can be victorious. Look at what this scripture says. Think about the ideas that we have developed. He died, he died for us, right? Remember first, uh, 2 Corinthians, it says, one died so that all might die. Now look at what this says. In, in verse 10, it says, for the death that he died... What? He died to sin once for all. So that there is a death that is worked into your life in the kingdom. There is a death. Listen to me. If you've struggled with addiction, if you struggle with pornography, if you've struggled with lying and cheating and stealing, and I don't care what you've struggled with, I could care less. Because it is all the same to the blood of Jesus. And I can assure you that God doesn't wince and wonder how He's going to cover your mistakes. But I do believe that in our life, we, we get stuck in this struggle against strongholds. And He said, Jerry, I have died for it once for all. For all mankind, this sacrifice was sufficient to set us free from the bondage of sin. That's what, Adam, that's what Adam traded when he took that apple. And I want you to think of, I'm trying to develop a mentality here that it's all about choosing what we think is right versus what he says in his lordship. Let me define that really quick too. I'm on a roll. Will you guys give me a few more minutes? I want you to, I want you to know what lordship is. Lordship isn't this. It's not under his thumb. Lordship, coming to His Lordship is about you bringing your life to Him and saying, Lord, what's pleasing to you in this situation? What is pleasing to you in this situation? Because that's what I want. You see, we started this out. I'm trying, I mean, I've got about 50 knots to try to tie together here. But we started out in 2 Corinthians and Paul said this. He said, the love of Christ constrains us. The love of Christ controls us. Right? So we're free from the law, but we are not free from the love of Christ. We are not free. We're free from the law. You're free from it. I will never place you under that burden, not even remotely. But I will tell you that you are not released from the love of Christ. You're not released from His Lordship. And it's because He loves you. It's because He knows that that tree right over there that He says don't eat, it's going to bring you over here into death and bondage. But He set us free. It says He died to sin once for all. That's for you. You're the all. 
He said, it's done. It's finished. Your struggle with sin, if you care, listen, if you care, this is grace. Grace is that he gives us the opportunity to come to his lordship. That's grace. Because until the cross, we could not come to his lordship. We were sold into slavery. And someone had to pay the price. We were on the, the block where they auctioned the slaves off. We were sold into it, destined for it. He paid the price. That's grace. Grace says you don't have to live under sin. It's all dead. It's gone. I made a sacrifice so that you can step out of sin. That's a new creature. I want you to see how all this works together. It's all one thought. It's all one, it's all one movement, one flow of the Spirit. That the love of Christ constrains us. That He set us free to be able to come to Him and, and to His Lordship. That is Lordship. That the love of Christ constrains me. And I say, God, I just want my life to be Your fragrance. I want what's pleasing to You. I don't care what that is, because let me tell you, what's pleasing for you will always, what's pleasing for him will always be good for me and you. Always. Always, always, always. Let that be settled in our heart. So he says, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. So what's the exchange? That we're dead to sin, we live to God. Now, follow this. Even so, based on this, he says, even so, Based on this thought, what? Consider yourselves to be dead to sin. That word, it's, it means reckon. It means it, means it, is, a mental, it is a mental focus that we reckon ourselves dead to sin. So listen, when the enemy comes to me, number one, if I'm dead to sin, I don't go where sin is. You hear me? If I'm dead to sin, I don't go where sin is. But when sin comes and finds me, and it will, I can look at it and say, I'm dead to you. Not because I'm able to be, but because he died once and for all. And there is a powerful release of the work of the cross in our lives as believers that I don't have to struggle. Listen, I, I don't have to struggle with the things that I've struggled with in the past. Because he died, I'm going to enter into his death. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. I can't stop right here, and I'm not even going to apologize. If you guys need to leave, it's a little after 12. I, I won't even notice, because I just won't. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then, in verse, and then we get another therefore. So we're building on this. We're building on ideas. We're building on principles. He says, therefore, look at this. It is an emphatic statement. It is a command. He says, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. And I'm going to put you all on the hot spot right now. If sin is reigning in your body, it's because you're letting it. Because you're telling me that, that what this Scripture says isn't true. That the death that He died once for all to sin wasn't enough for you. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to believe Him over you. Do you know how many people I've talked to that said, I can't do this, I can't quit, I can't quit, I can't quit. That's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy. 
It's a lie from the enemy for you to think that you're going to struggle with something the rest of your life. When he said, I died to sin once for all. Now, listen, when God sets us free, we need to remember where he set us free from. Don't go back to the vomit. Don't go back. Don't look back. Don't think back. But today, we're free. Galatians 5.1 says this, and think about this. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. That's grace. Listen, we were in bondage. It was for freedom that He set us free. So He set us free and positioned us over here where now, over here I didn't have a chance. I didn't have an option to choose. Today I have an option to choose. Grace tells me that I can choose whatever I want to choose for my life. He says you're not bound to sin. Let's keep going. I'm going to finish up right here. It says, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust and don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. And I believe that this presentation in our bodies where he talks about presenting our bodies to sin, I believe it is where we position ourselves mentally. I believe that that is a mental position. It could be a physical position. There's places where you guys don't need to go. Don't go... Thank you. There's places you don't need to go. <laughs> you don't need to assume you, we can take this scripture and say, oh, well, I'm dead to sin. I can, go, I can go here to place X and be okay. No, you can't. Could have been worse. I have these guys chiding me up here. It's, but seriously... The biggest, greatest way we present ourselves to sin is right here. I'm not open to sin. Are you following me? I'm not open to sin. Why? Because I'm walking in His Lordship. Verse 14. For sin shall not be master over you. Sin will not be master over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Listen, if you're under the law, then sin has to be your master. Because Paul said nobody can fulfill the law. Can't walk in it. That's why we have to be free. That's why you have to be free from the law. But he says, he says sin shall not be master over you. You are not under the law, but under grace. And grace means that we are free to come to His Lordship. He says, and look at verse 15, what he says. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? Like party, right? No, wait a minute, he says. Well, if I'm not under the law, I'm under grace, then, then I'm good. Whatever I want to do, I'm good. Paul says, no, wait a minute. Listen, guys, I would say to you today, wait a minute, we've missed the point of the cross. We've missed the point of grace. We've misunderstood it. We've twisted it. We've looked at it very humanistically. Look at what he says. He says, what, shall, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Look at what he says. May it never be. He says, do you not know 
that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. You see, today, the real point is, do you want to be enslaved to sin or do you want to be free in His kingdom? Because Paul says those are your options. That's what he says. Guys, it's not about what we can get away with. It's about walking in the fullness of the cross, of the sacrifice that He made, of the life that He gave us, the freedom, the joy. We all want joy. We all want peace that passes all understanding. I've heard good Christian people quote those verses more than anything ever in, in my life, but none of that comes when we are going our own way. Those things come in Him. And the point of this is not whether we're under law or under the grace. What can I do? What am I okay doing? The point of this is, I want to walk in His life. I want to be enslaved to Him. And that is a beautiful place, actually, of freedom. You see, the humanistic thought of being enslaved to the Lord, the humanistic thought says, ah, oh, that ain't no fun. But if you can look into the kingdom, if you can get rid of the human lens and see the freedom that, that this is the field that has this is the field that has no fences. His lordship. I'm gonna finish up. It says, don't you know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death, or of obedience resulting in righteousness. Verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Having been freed from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. Guys, He wants every one of us, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I'm going to tell you this, we don't know what that looks like. We think we do. We think, oh, life looks like a new car. It looks like a better job. It looks like this. If, you know, if my spouse would just straighten up and act right or all of this stuff, if my kids would just do a little, be a little more cooperative, we've got a long list of what life looks like. But that ain't what it looks like. It looks like, and, and it becomes a trust issue. Now, I want you to hear me. Lordship is about trust. It's about trusting Him with the direction of your life. It's about honesty. It's about saying, listen, you guys know me, I'm honest. I'm sometimes a little mouthy. I say stuff bad. But I want to tell you that it's about honesty. It's about coming to the Lord and, and just saying, you know what, I don't know what it looks like. It's about trust. It's about saying, and I, I would challenge every one of you guys, I would challenge you with this, and I would ask you, consider in your life when you have went your own way. Consider today, consider in your life when you have went your own way, how did that work out for you? I'm serious. I'm as serious as I can be right now. Consider it. Stop and think about it. 
when we go our own way, it can only produce death. That's why God said, Adam, if you eat that fruit, you're going to die. So lordship, is a, it's, a, it's a place of trust. It's a place of honesty saying, God, all, listen, all I can do is mess things up. When I go my own way, my life is a mess. It's a disaster. My thoughts are a mess. My emotions are a mess. It's all a mess. But it's also coming to the place of, and, and so many of us have been hurt. So many of us have broken relationships with our parents or whatever. It's really hard for us to trust. And there are people right here today that, are, that we struggle with coming to Him and believing that He really has our best interest. His Lordship is about trusting. It's about saying, Lord, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to believe that what you're telling me is right. Because I'm going to tell you, He's going to tell you some hard things. If it's not hard, it's not your way. Think about it. He's going he's to put His finger on those things that, that are yours. If you want prayer this morning, I would just encourage you trust Him. He loves you. Nobody else has ever died on the cross for you. He loves you. His Lordship is beautiful. It's not, it's not some big, dark, gruesome, war, wearisome idea. But it's a place of life and freedom. Thanks for listening to this awesome message recorded live at Redemption Church here in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information on our church, directions, service times, or other latest happenings, visit our website, crossvilleredemptionchurch.com.